It's crossover Thursday, so it's Steelers Jaguars week. Leaders of elite leaders of the AFC South, second place team in the AFC North. Big matchup: Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, locked on Steelers, locked on Jaguars. Crossover Thursday. Let's get into it. You are locked on Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your hosts, Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers, Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jaguars, and we're breaking down this upcoming Steelers-Jaguars matchup at Acrisure Stadium in Pittsburgh, 1 p.m. Sunday, Eastern Time. As always, you can find this show and all your shows on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to get all of your daily Monday through Friday episodes, whether it's on the Steelers or the Jaguars, because we're every day. You're your team every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. They sponsor all of our crossover Thursday episodes, and they're the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code all lowercase locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. As I said before, I'm joined by Tony Wiggins. That's me. Locked On Jaguars. Tony, it's been a minute since 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 we've chatted. Uh, when was the last time these two teams even even played? I'm trying to think back now. Well, I, I know the last time I talked to you because I know something that happened, and I I, I know where I was living, I, and and I know I made it hard for myself because we did a whole show, and I didn't play for court. I don't know if you remember I, that, bro. I know I remember that. Yeah, now. And, and I said, Chris, I called you back. I said, Chris, we got to do it again. I didn't record them. That's like three years ago or something, man. I said, we ain't going to make that mistake. This time. You running the show. We're, I'm not going to even – I'm pushing no buttons. I'm it, just here to talk, a, it, Look, I'm looking on my screen. It says recorded. So, we yeah, have to get yeah, that problem yeah. right here. But yeah. let's talk about how both of these teams' defenses have been problems for other teams. And Mike Tomlin was so expressive about the Jaguars' front. He said they got first-rounders across the board, guys who are big, guys who are physical. They get after you. And he talked – about Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker in, the, in that duo. The Steelers, of course, have their own duo. T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith, both of those guys on, on both teams, are wreckers of, of, of the game. Mike Tomlin even calling Trayvon Walker a wrecking ball. Here's Mike Tomlin. I'm play, I want to play a clip, and then I want to get your insight because there's an interesting debate going on between Jaguars fans right now. But here's Mike Tomlin, Steelers, Steelers press conference Tuesday, earlier this week, talking about the Jaguars and specifically Allen and Walker. Now going to Jacksonville. As I mentioned, uh, they're a group, man, that's a winner of four straight. Got a lot of respect for that. Um, they got a lot of talent. Um, they got really good sound schematics. And so I'll start with their defense. First, man, we got to do a really good job of managing their bigs. Um, they've invested a lot in their bigs. They got former first rounders, first overall picks in that group. Uh, the edge guys really capture your attention. Josh Allen and Walker, um, in particular, as a tandem, wreak a lot of havoc. I think Josh Allen's got seven sacks. I think oftentimes sacks don't represent the havoc that Walker uh, causes. I felt that way. In, in an analysis of him leading up to the draft. Um, he's just the type of guy that wrecks a lot of things. He plays in a, with, a, with a violent style of play. Um, he, 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 he just, he's a wrecking ball. And so we just gotta be really cognizant of their group and the, and the way that they provide, um, the challenges that, that, that come with managing their front. They do a really good job schematically of challenging you in terms of putting a lot of guys along the front. Um, 
They got a 3-4 structure, but boy, those are some big outside linebackers. It's almost like they're doing it with four or three people. And it really creates challenges regarding creating space and moving them for running lanes, for example. So Mike Tomlin went on a lot of things there, but he said that, and I t- I just tweeted that out. Like, you know, Mike Tomlin every week, he talks about the strengths and weaknesses, mainly the strengths of other teams. He doesn't really go over weaknesses as much because he wants to get after those. But he often talks about the best parts of teams. And so he gets really excited to talk about other players that he really appreciates, whether he appreciated them in the NFL draft or he just appreciates them, how they play right now. And so I tweeted that out thinking, oh, yeah, I'm just going to say he normally says this. And then that tweet blows up. Yep. And when I when I when I went up blew up, I was like, okay, I guess there's a lot of people excited to hear Mike Tomlin talk about some edge rushers. But then I saw there was a debate going on, mm-hmm. and it was a debate between Jaguars fans about Trevon Walker because some people were like, see, Mike Tomlin, the Hall of Fame coach, is saying is saying that Trevon Walker is going to be awesome, and you guys don't see it. And then there's other people saying he doesn't know it; he's just being nice. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? That guy was a first overall pick. What's Tony? Can you break down? What the debate is here about Walker and Allen, who's good, you know, what why is there such a discrepancy here? Uh, I'm gonna give you a word, two words actually. It's a name. It's called Aiden Hutchinson. That's the problem. Uh, and, the, and the problem is is the numbers, the sheer numbers. And then when you watch them both play, one guy does this thing. It's flash to the pass rusher all the time, right? Yeah. Um, that the other guy doesn't seem to do. And the guy that doesn't seem to do it is the one that plays for Jacksonville, and that's Trayvon Walker. So there's two things at play. I normally say that, okay, when these coaches look at tape, they're not looking at where a guy was picked. But now we see Tomlin mentioning that he was the first overall pick in the draft. That, to me, was to let the folks who who don't cover the team every day know that they've invested a lot of uh, currency into those positions. But what he said was true. He is a wrecking ball. The point is, is Jaguar fans use the term first overall pick in a monolithic way, as if every draft is the same. So we got Trevor, who's a first overall pick. And then we got him. And then you can look at every first overall pick and try to determine whether or not they're worth it. So the, the, the thing that I like to say is you have two things at play. You can admit that he's a very, very good player, that he's a wrecking ball. In fact, they want to play very physical. If you pick one person that personifies that physicality and that bully ball, it's him. Mm. The the it's not a binary issue to also say, but that's not what you draft first overall pick for. Mm. Like you don't draft Justin Tuck first overall pick. You don't right. draft a wrecking ball first overall pick. You draft a guy that can get sacks. You draft you draft Miles Garrett first overall. And that's not who he is, and that's not what he was in Georgia. And I'm glad that uh, Coach Tomlin mentioned that. It's not what he was in Georgia. And right now, it's not what he is here. Now, Coach Tomlin also said something else. He said they got four or three people. They run a 3-4, but it looks like they're using four or three people. We actually think Trayvon would be better as a big end in a 4-3, but that's mm. not their system. They drop him into coverage. They do a lot of mixing and matching. Sometimes he's there to just take on two blockers and somebody coming around and looping around is supposed to be set free. They just want him to have system discipline. I asked him straight up, would you sacrifice system discipline and and, and the scheme for sacks? He told me I'll never do that because I want my job. So I don't know if he likes what he's doing, but he's not the type of person to bellyache about it. They play a lot differently than uh, Pittsburgh does where their guys do get sacks. 
but the Jaguars defense is leading this team. So it's an oxymoron to say, well, we need more, but then to look up and they're five and two and everybody knows the defense is carried in that to that point so far. You brought up a name that a lot of Steelers fans are going to be like, uh, but you said Miles Garrett, because anytime TJ Watt, he can get three sacks of the game while Miles Garrett gets none and, and PFF will grade him as a, as, as a better player right now. TJ Watt, uh, still that very much that record, even when in a game plan like last week, uh, he didn't get any sacks. It wasn't because he wasn't good. It was because the Rams were doing everything they get. They were sending three, four guys out to make sure him and Alex Highsmith would not get to Matt Stafford, max protect or quick passes to make sure that he wasn't in the game. And yet somehow he still found a way to, uh, to get in the game by dropping back and intercepting a pass to yeah. Cooper Cup. Uh, those guys, those guys are fabulous. I mean, both of them, as well as uh, Nick, Nick Bosa. The mm-hmm. only reason I mentioned uh, Miles Garrett, I forgot I was talking to Steelers. The only reason I mentioned him is because he was He's the first, first overall pick. No, right. Exactly. And, and that's somebody they can go, boom, that's what we wanted. But yes. all draft picks aren't – all drafts aren't the same, man. Some right. of them have franchise quarterbacks at the top. Some of them don't. And when you – the Jaguars, they did, they weren't going to take Aiden Hutchinson. Aiden Hutchinson doesn't fit what they do. He, mm-hmm. he does not fit what they do. And they wouldn't have the same uh, – you wouldn't have heard Mike Tomlin say that about Aiden Hutchinson. He'd talk, probably talk nice about him, but he wouldn't say that. He'd say something else. So that thing that Mike Tomlin said is exactly what the Jaguars coaching staff wants, and he sounds a lot like the Jaguars coaching staff when you ask them about Trayvon Walker. They sound just like that. I mean, also the Jaguars coaching staff – right now is I think pretty good Doug Peterson I've always had a great appreciation for I think he's a he's a very good to great coach um and he's got the Jaguars playing really well right now one what four in a row they're playing they're playing at a high level the Steelers are trying to get to that point they're trying to build consistency but the one consistent part is they're outside linebackers TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith and Alex Highsmith he's very much just like that he's built like a D end but he plays outside linebacker the Steelers are happy to have those type of guys in their defense and I think there's that similarity that you see with the, with the Jaguars and they're like, Ooh, we can, we can, this, that's what makes this going to be, this could be really fun because this, both these teams, they practice against those guys. Like, you know, all training camp, the Jaguars offensive line, they've had to deal with both of those guys, all training camp. The Steelers have to deal with high Smith and, and, and Watt. Now it's going to be the interesting to see which of those, which of those groups of edge rushers take over this game first. And, and that's going to be something definitely to watch, but we also want to watch the young quarterbacks. We'll talk about the young quarterbacks here on the other side of the first break of the crossover Thursday episode, Locked on Steelers, Locked on Jaguars. Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, stick with us. We still have so much to discuss here on Crossover Thursday. But first, we'll remind you this show is brought to you by DoorDash. Why root for your favorite team on an empty stomach? You can order on DoorDash and save on football watch party favorites. Whether you're ordering pizza, wings, soda, burgers, or even just buns on DoorDash, you can get all delivered without missing the game. For me, I like to order up some big shot bobs for wings delivery. And if you're from Pittsburgh, you're in Pittsburgh, you've been to Pittsburgh, and you, you know what I'm talking about when you get big shot bobs. They got like 30, 50 to 100 flavors that you can go through. I like to get me some Frank White wing, flavor wings right, right ready for you. Or if you just want to go with some with a classic Pittsburgh, you go to Permanis, get a sirloin steak and cheese sandwich, all that and more available on DoorDash. And if you're in Jacksonville, it's the same thing. You can get you can get stuff specialized, your favorite stuff delivered right to your door on DoorDash. And right now, get 50% off up to $10 of value when you spend $15 or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code LOCKED23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-2-3, subject to change. Terms apply. Want even more value? You can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a DashPash membership. 
Get prepared to before today. Stock up on your favorite appetizers and order all your tailgate gear on DoorDash. Then get ready to watch your team win. Get 50% off your first DoorDash when you when you're when you on a, when you go over a ten dollar value and when, when you spend fifteen dollars or more on your first order when you download the DoorDash app and enter code locked23. That's L-O-C-K-E-D 23, all one word, subject to teams, terms, and conditions. Apply. Back here on Crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Jaguars, teaming up here to give you our analysis on this upcoming Steelers-Jaguars matchup. Let's talk about the quarterbacks here, Tony, because both franchises, I think, really love their quarterbacks right now. Now, the Jaguars a little further ahead, Trevor Lawrence in his third year, um, and looking really good. Had a really good game you know, season last year, a sophomore season, bouncing back from the Urban Meyer year, uh, really strong. Got them a playoff win, looked pretty solid there. Kenny Pickett is at a point where I think he could be on the cusp of turning the page from his rookie struggles uh, and figuring some things out. He had a fantastic finish, uh, leading uh, three touchdown drives in the second half against the Rams. Also closed the game out with a four minute drive to to to, to get the close out there. That came off of a four a, a fourth quarter comeback his, uh, against the Ravens. He now has sixth game winning drives in eighteen starts. Five of those fourth quarter comebacks uh, in 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 his time uh, as a, as a, as a Steeler. But I think it's an interesting parallel when we hear in Pittsburgh we're talking about what you want to see from Kenny Pickett this year. A lot of people just say we you want to see what Trevor Lawrence did for the Jaguars last year. Tony, can you enlighten people? What has Trevor Lawrence's journey been last year? What what it took for him to get to the point where everyone kind of agreed that he had taken a real step up, his maybe his struggles to get there, and where he's at this year? Coaching, he had to get some real coaching, man. He had to get. Um, get away from Urban Meyer. We'll get Urban Meyer away from this organization uh, because uh, shout out to the coaches that were here, the assistants, but they weren't allowed to do very much. And then wow. it was just always a lot of Trevor spent a lot of time in front of the micro microphone being a press secretary and, and kind of calming the natives because everyone was so happy that he was here. But the first year he actually had to really like just be around his teammates play football, be a 24-year-old kid who, who a 23 or 24-year-old kid was last year where he needs to be ingratiated within the team itself and be closer to the team than he is to the coach and not be out here being marched in front of a podium just to calm uh, down the, you know, the, the natives of, and the fans of Jacksonville. So what he's really done is Doug Peterson put a lot on his plate. And at first it seemed like it was a little bit much. And when asked last year, was he going to pull some off? He said no. And I like that because when you have a guy with that much talent, that kind of talent likes to be fed and likes to be challenged. And that's what they did. And he accepted that challenge. And at some point last year, about midway through the season, you always saw the special throws, but then you started to see the command. And then you started to see uh, his ability to, to boost his teammates. And they never thought that they were ever out of a game, thus winning all of those games down the stretch, winning seven out of nine down the stretch, coming back from a 27 nothing deficit in the playoffs where Trevor threw four picks in the first half. And I sat in the press box and said, all they got to do is stop shooting themselves in the foot and they can mm -hmm. come back. And that's exactly what they did. So what's happened is all of the things you want him to do as a quarterback – 
he's doing them and the intangibles have started to match that big arm and that talent. I think that's where the Steelers are hoping Kenny Pickett gets to because early in his career, he threw a lot of early in his rookie season. He's still very early in his career, of course, second year uh, as a player, but he threw a lot of interceptions to start and he threw a few interceptions early on the early on this season too. But he has, when he starts to figure things out and sharpen up, you see him make less of those mistakes, less of those interceptable balls, giving his, giving his guys more of a chance. And that's where the Steelers are trying to find consistency. And we talked to Kenny Pickett on Wednesday in the, in the Steelers locker room. I didn't get a chance to clip this up beforehand, but he talked about how he feels like there's bread and butter things developing for the Steelers offense. And that's been the biggest thing is, is trying to find the bread and butter and then build off of that. Things that are concepts that are familiar to them, using the pre-snap motion like they have to open up more opportunities opportunities for guys that they really like in Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. And I think that's another thing here. Both quarterbacks have first round running backs and then two receivers that each you could say could be a number one receiver in their own right. Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, Ridley for the Jaguars, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens for the Steelers. Where is this the Jaguars offensive line right now? Are they a, a very confident group? Are they a top 10 group? Are they a middling group? What, what, what kind of group is this for the, in front of Trevor Lawrence? Well, they're not a top 10 group, um, but they have stretches where they are challenged, especially at the end of the game. You know, you, you, you can't beat who you can't block. And for the Jaguars to make all of those comebacks, they had to be blocking people at the end of the game. The Cowboys, the yeah. Chargers, those are games that they actually won where they were losing. And those teams have great pass rushers. So, where they are right now is they're not 100% healthy because Walker Little, even though they're working him back in this week, I don't know if he's going to play or not at the time that we recorded this, but he's played mostly left tackle while Cam Robinson was out early in the year, and then he moved over to left guard, and he didn't even complete the game. He got injured. But um, they have a right tackle who they chose at the, at the end of the first round, Anton Harrison. This is the week where you chip. They did not do that against the Chiefs when the Chiefs moved Chris Jones out to defensive end and that was a mistake mm-hmm. because Jones set loose for two and a half sacks they got to make sure this this opponent and then they go on the bye and they come back and they play the 49ers and that kid is facing the two do two of the three guys we've already mentioned facing TJ Watt and then he's going to face Nick Bosa they Ooh. better learn to chip or get the ball out of his hand real quick because it's going to be a long day but the rookie's fighting he's just a rookie the the Steelers also have a rookie uh tackle in Roderick Jones but he's not starting right now and it's not about him lacking anything. The Steelers really like their veteran left tackle right now, Dan Moore Jr., who start, who struggled to start the year. And I even questioned going in here because uh, he was injured. Broderick Jones came in and started against the Ravens. I thought played very well against the Ravens, shut down Jadavian Clowney. And then after the bye week, Dan Moore Jr. came back, and I was like, man, why, why, why is he starting? But then he had a really good game, and the Steelers' offensive line was getting pushed, and they were able – they limited Aaron Donald. He had four t- tackles, but he never got a sack. Only had like one or two pressures maybe in the game. And if you're limiting Aaron Donald there, you're doing a good job. That's one of those elite-type players, uh, and they moved him all around to challenge basically every Steelers' offensive lineman at one point. I think that both of these quarterbacks are in positions where their offensive lines have ups and downs are very inconsistent, but, you know, have the potential to coalesce to become good. They both have multiple number one type talents at wide receiver. They both have first round talent running backs to work with. And I think this is going to be an interesting duel because, again, you're also facing two edge rushers on the other side, on the other on, on the other side of each other that are very talented, athletic and are going to get after you this matchup may be a very it may be a mirror match in so many different ways and i think that's what can get gets me kind of excited just thinking about this and all the things and way this these teams could collide 
they could be attacking each other in such similar ways. And this might be able to see like, hey, where is Lawrence to pick it as far as pick his development in his second year and Lawrence's development in his third year? Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, and that's a good thing with the quarterbacks. The thing when you talk about those two players, the one thing that, that I will bring up is draft status and where you would pick once the games have started to be played, it doesn't matter anymore. But I went back and forth with Richard Sherman during the Thursday night game with the Saints. And Sherman basically had said that Trevor so far hadn't hadn't lived up to uh, expectations. Let me give you the stats between 2022 and 2023. Okay. Trevor Lawrence, last year in 22, 66% of his passes completed, this year 67. So we guessed that it's about 66.7 or something like that. But he has 5,700 yards passing, 43 43 touchdowns mm. and 11 interceptions. Mm. I mean, in the last two years, if that's not living up to being a, an NFL quarterback and to being a generational franchise quarterback, I don't know what it is. So I think a lot of times because of the way he was picked, he's looked at in a different light than other guys like Justin Herbert. Everybody has this Justin Herbert love fest. Go look at the numbers. Justin Herbert's numbers are nowhere near as good as Trevor Lawrence. And mm. his performance in these big games aren't either. So I think a little bit of that plays into effect. I like Kenny, though. I like Kenny because I saw him at the Senior Bowl. He was the he was the guy that Jim Nagy and everyone were talking about at the Senior Bowl. And it's good mm. to see him finally living up to it. I look at um, I look at guys often and seeing how they compare and a lot of things. And one thing that I think Kenny Pickett has on his side before we move on to other matchups we want to talk about in this game. But one thing I think that Kenny Pickett has definitely shown is he has the swagger at the end of the game. You know, I talked about this, uh, in fact, on yesterday's episode of Locked on Steelers. But go look at his fourth quarter numbers. Go look at his quarter by quarter numbers. In fact, if you if you just if you just want to look at Kenny Pickett and see where he kind of build builds up and you can look at his splits quarter by quarter. He, he increases pretty, pretty, pretty steady, pretty drastically and not even steadily, but drastically. If you look at his, at his first quarter numbers, he has a passer rating that is insane at like 40. He has a passer rating of 45.8 abysmal would be worse in the NFL. If that was his whole passer rating second quarter, it jumps up to 76.8. Still not good. Still bottom of the league. Then all of a sudden, in the third quarter, it's 92.9. Mm. And then you're like, well, that's that's kind of up there with some of the better quarterbacks. And then in the fourth quarter, his pass rating jumps up to 102.8. And it's like he's just he's Patrick Mahomes in the fourth right. quarter. And it's crazy. Uh, and and I, I think that that is a sign. I talked about this more on Wednesday, but I think that is a sign that when he develops consistency and, 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 and rhythm with this offense that can occur more regularly and more routinely, You'll might you'll probably see more of those good things take over more parts of his games and early on. I think that's what all young quarterbacks are going through. I think Trevor Lawrence, it wasn't the same exact thing, but I think Trevor Lawrence in a similar way, he just needed to find rhythm in his offense, especially when Doug Peterson took over. It wasn't, it wasn't just immediately he came in and bam, the whole offense was great and awesome and everyone was clicking. It took time to understand his this new offense, his players develop rhythm with with, with guys. And you're seeing that this year. And he, this year, he has that feel, and they're off and running. I think that's where the Steelers want Kenny Pickett to be this time next year. But right now, after the way that he played against the Rams, a lot of Steelers fans are hoping you see more of a glimpse of that than not than just the fourth quarter uh, against the Jaguars. We'll talk more about these teams and key matchups of this game uh, on the other side of this break here. On Crossover Thursday here in the Locked On Podcast Network, Locked On Steelers, Locked On Jaguars, Chris Carter, 
Tony Wiggins. Still so much to, to talk about. Stick with us right here. But first, before we do anything else, I want to remind you, the show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in America. As the NFL season continues, they give you incredible offers on FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, including right now new customers can bet just $5, and they'll get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. That means win or lose on your first $5 bet on FanDuel, you're getting $200 back in bonus bets. And those are bonus bets that can be used for player props, uh, who's going to win, money lines, all, all those kind of bets available to you on FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will also get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket on YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can be on everything from, play, from spreads to player props and so much more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and to get to, to enjoy your NFL season to the max with FanDuel Sportsbook, the best sportsbook in America and the official partner of the NFL. We're also brought to you by Jace Medical. Jace Medical offers you the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form, and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions, doctor-created, doctor-recommended. Don't be caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected, and especially in our times when emergencies, you never know when they're going to come up. There might be a situation that you could have never expected in your life, and those times, those times, you those happen to us, to all of us, but you want to be prepared, and Jace wants you to be prepared too. That's why they're offering you the Jace case. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Jace Medical is simple. You go online, fill out a form, and then you get prescription life-saving medications right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical, make sure you have that medication in hand. Save more than $360 by getting those life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using our code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com, and that's J-A-S-E medical.com. Back here on Crossover Thursday in the Locked On Podcast Network, Chris Carter from Locked On Steelers, Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jaguars. All right, Tony, we've talked about a lot of similarities in this team. I'll tell you one, one part of, you know, let's go over some strengths and weaknesses of these matchups. I don't want to get into predictions because I save that for our Friday episodes. No and problem. That, that, that's, that's what we get there. But let's talk about things we can expect here. The Steelers, one thing in their defense, they haven't stopped the run consistently. And their cornerbacks have been outside of Joey Porter Jr., who's been lights out in the times that he's he, that he's played for the Steelers. They've been kind of suspect. Patrick Peterson played better last week, moving into the slot a little bit more and helping out in those spots. But Levi Wallace hasn't been great, and so there are concerns, and I think legitimate concerns for this for this for this Steelers team. If T.J. Watt and Alex Highsmith don't take over, that Travis Atn, the way that he's been running this year, and Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley, they start getting busy. This could be the perfect storm that gets in the way of the Steelers and causes too many problems for this defense. How have you seen this Jaguars offense find its consistency? What's the thing that gets Travis ATN going? Is he a consistent factor or is he kind of just his speed? It just pops up out of nowhere sometimes. Uh, yes, both. He does oh, both. both. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's more patient this year. He runs behind his pads. He hasn't put the ball on the ground. He used to look like he was running behind his legs. And every time he got hit, it looked like he had a like he was falling off of a bike or something. You know what I'm mm. saying? 
well, now he doesn't take those big hits and those hits don't look crazy anymore because I think when he knows the play is done, he knows it's done. But then he's a guy that on his 24th carry will pop one and he can hurt you in a passing game. So I suspect between him and Evan Ingram that Minka Fitzpatrick will be very, very busy because that little short area that belongs to him uh, in the flat and, you know, mm-hmm. guarding uh, tight ends as well as uh, running backs. But yeah, ETN can hurt you. And the fact that your guys' weaknesses line up with uh, the Jags having really, really good, quick, fast, twitchy receivers that all turn into punt returners after they catch the ball. And with Travis ETN, that's a very, very uh, scary prospect uh, to have. One of the things that I'm going to be watching for, though, uh, with you guys is the commitment to Najee. Will they commit to running the ball? If the Jaguars don't pull away from him, then you can't. If the Jaguars pull away, you can't commit too much to the run. If they don't, I think Harris, the Jaguars have these little lulls on defense. It's not one mm. drive. It's usually like 10 minutes, 10 uh, game clock minutes where they have to find themselves again. What happens in that little stretch with the Steelers will determine, in my opinion, whether or not they win this game or not. Right now, the Jaguars, as I look at them, they're giving up the 31st most passing yards in the in, in the NFL, but they're giving up the fourth uh, excuse me, they're giving up the 31st, the, uh, the 31st least. So they're 31st in pass defense. I said that the wrong way, but they're fourth in run defense. Is that Trevon Walker and Josh Allen just, just crushing things up front that is, that has created that what's been this, the source of their success on the run defense. Um, Group, a group effort from everyone, everyone involved and then better play from Devin Lloyd. Uh, who's the first I, I, forgot, I really like Kevin Lloyd coming out of college. Yeah, he's in the same draft as Trayvon. He gets it. It's slowed down for him now. He was always physical, could always run. But now he knows exactly what he's supposed to do. He doesn't let guys run across his face, un, uh, face unchecked. He, he triggers down to where he's supposed to be, and he doesn't miss tackles. So it's a combination. They don't even have their best interior player, Devon Hamilton. I don't know if he's going to play. He's been out for a while. He hasn't played all season, uh, but he's back practicing. Once they get him in the fold, they're really, really going to be dangerous. But right now, it's a group effort. It's seven, eight defensive linemen all doing what they're supposed to do. The Jags have also been able to turn people over a lot. And a lot of those teams get desperate because they get behind and they try to start throwing the football. So the the stats don't tell the whole story with that. I know they're 31st, but covering people hasn't really seemed like a problem watching the game. It just seems like that's just the ebb and the flow of the football game. And eventually, Mm -hmm. teams just start throwing. I mean, the Jaguars, they've been a tough team. They're five and two. They, so, I mean, I get that. And that's the thing. They, they also have the 32nd, they're, they're dead light. They, they've allowed that most, they've been more, no more teams have thrown on them than anyone else in the NFL. And part of that is when you're ahead, people throw on you more. So that, yep. that could very much be part of it. Um, I believe it's like net yards per attempt uh, right now. They're 22nd. So that just kind of shows it's not, it's not about them being the worst passing defense. It's just that they're just being thrown on a lot because they kind of have to. And that makes me wonder if there's something to attack in this Jaguars defense for Kenny Pickett in this offense, what is it, Tony? I try to go after the third corner, the nickel. Uh, Trey Herndon is who it is mm-hmm. right now. Uh, Tyson Campbell's out. So they've been going with Monteric Buster Brown, a second year play out of Arkansas opposite Darius Williams. Darius Williams has been lights out. That is not where you want to hang out. Don't even go over there and bother with him because he, <laughs> he, he did a real good job on Stephon Diggs when they were in London, and he has been picking people off left and right. He has a Super Bowl ring. He knows what pressure is because he played opposite Jalen Ramsey, and nobody wanted to throw at Ramsey in L.A. But the, the, the key is to try to attack him in the nickel spot um, when, the, when they have that third corner in the game. 
And also, they've had a little bit of problem. As good as they uh, have done, have been against the rush, sometimes they forget to set the edge because they do a lot of twisting. And if you can catch mm-hmm. them in one of those situations where they don't set the edge, you, you could make sure that uh, you, you can probably uh, do a little bit of damage there. But you got to line that up when they're in that funk. Like I said, you got to line it up when, they, when, 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 when the switch is off a little bit because once they turn it on and they get it figured out, they're good to go. I hear you on that. I can tell you... Steelers offense with Najee Harris, they're trying to find different ways to get him outside to attack those parts of the defenses, but he's been more of a more successful when he runs in between the tackles. That's like usually when he gets, but they're, they're starting to do these pitches where they line up in the shotgun and he just, and, and Najee Harris just immediately just goes lateral. The Steelers offensive line, they have one guy pull out in front of it and pick it, pick it, just pitches it to him and he just goes. And it's not about, it doesn't take as long to, you know, the, the traditional toss where he, mm-hmm. he winds up in the, in the, in a single back and he goes out wide and all that. He's just, Get it to him. Let him go. Let him go forward. I think that's what the Steelers are going to try to do. So if they if they if they get out there wide, that could be interesting here. I think that this could be a very interesting uh, receiver cornerback battle on both sides here uh, because you know you talked about Williams. Does he take the number one receiver or does he take a certain side of the field? No, he plays the side. He's on the left side. So mm. for the most part, he'll be lined up on a, uh, if the defense is facing Kenny Pickett. He'll be the Kenny Pickett's right most of the time. And uh, we'll just have to see if they decide to roll coverages. But they've been pretty steadfast with the way that they play, and they've just been trying to tell their guys just to execute how they play. So uh, I think it's going to be extremely interesting and extremely fun. But like you said, none of this works if the line of scrimmage it breaks down, and that's going to be the key. The key is going to be the line of scrimmage and who commits the most turnovers or who forces the most turnovers. And I think that'll be the difference in the game. Certainly is. I, you know, one thing I said about the the Steelers Rams game was that the team that, 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 that changed the line of scrimmage more often was going to win that game. The Steelers ended up doing that and they want, they ended up winning that game though. They didn't sack Matt Stafford all the time. They, they were, they were able to push the line a little bit, disrupt his rhythm and get things going here. I think a similar thing happens in this game where it's going to be about who's, which quarterback gets disrupted you know, more in this game. Both teams have also playmaking safeties. Andre Cisco out of Syracuse. I covered him when he played against Pitt a few times uh, in the, in the ACC. So I, you know, make of it's Patrick. He doesn't need any introductions. Everyone knows how good that guy is. It's going to be a very interesting matchup. We still got a lot to talk about on our Friday episodes here in the Locked On Cross uh, Locked On Podcast Network. It's Crossover Thursday here. Locked On Steelers, Locked On Jaguars. Chris Carter, Tony Wiggins, Tony. It's always great to do a show with you, man. Let people know they can find you, follow you, and get more of your work. Shop talking wig on X, as it's called right now. Uh, just look up Tony Wiggins, and I'm there every single day, just like Locked On, because it's your team every day. Exactly. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Locked on Steelers podcast. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette and find me here on the Locked on Podcast Network talking on Locked on Steelers, just like Tony talks on Locked on Jaguars, on your favorite podcasting apps, and on YouTube. Thanks again, everybody. Tune in to Jaguars fans. Tune in to Locked on Jaguars on Friday. Steelers fans, tune in to Locked on Steelers on Friday. We got a lot to break down to finalize this matchup and with our predictions. We'll see you there right here on the Locked on Podcast Network.